0: The world is full of wonders.
1: Magic is hidden in small moments. And monsters could be hiding just out of sight.
2: But if you're looking to find them...
3: Adventure is waiting to happen.
0: You never know who you'll meet along the way.
4: We are the Storyteller Squad. Hello, adventurers. Welcome back to the Storyteller Squad. Thanks for joining us for more Monster of the Week. Before we begin some dream training off the books, let's check in with our heroes. Everybody, panic. I'm making you do intros. Ah. I can't believe you. I can't it's been believe so you.
2: long. <laughs> I thought about it earlier today. Do I have to panic for intros? No, we're just doing ADR. Why would I have to think of an intro? And here we are. You always have to panic for intros. Stretch those muscles, baby. <laughs> haven't had to do intros in so long.
0: Oh, I, I have one already. Let's go. I just realized I never got my tea. I'm Hugo Rashad.
4: <laughs> you got to save that one. Oh, no. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I have to release this anyway.
1: <laughs> wow. Uh. I'm just going to read this straight off the IMDb uh, Inception quotes page. Eames shows up while Arthur is in a gunfight. Mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. Pulls out a grenade launcher. I'm Agent Whittaker. <laughs> <What? laughs>
2: Incredible. I think I've got one. It's not good, but here we are. Sweet dreams are made of these. Who am I to disagree? I'm Raven Eugenia.
1: What? Stop! That Are was good. That was about? good. That was great. That was really good. That was fucking no, good. That was
4: incredible. Yes. That was real good. Dares?
3: <laughs> no, Aiden. Stop! Stop! It. It's just gonna be one dick on his forehead. Just one. It'll be funny. Stop.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh no! On fire. Get him. Oh my god.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: These are good. What the fuck? We're
2: back,
4: baby. <laughs> give us the name.
3: <laughs> it's been so long. I forgot I had to give you the name of Damien <laughs> Michael fucking Angelo Edgecrest.
1: <laughs> I like that your Zoom name is No Rest for the Wicked. That is mm, very clever.
4: Very nice. So good. Mel? Uh, what? Fuck. Um. Okay. The number you have dialed is not available because it's in the goddamn Fey realm. I'm Felicity Starnbrook, and I'm not even here right now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Felicity Starnbrook cannot come to the phone right now. If you'd like to leave a message, (laughs) you can do so after the beep. Beep!
4: Uh, Now I wish I'd ever watched the Rocky films. How does one do a training montage? (laughs) I'm Aiden Brightwood. Let's have an adventure. Last time, our heroes hung out at Mothgirl's house and had a lot of awkward conversations, but also got to rest and had some very sweet moments as well. And now, the master illusionist that she is, Coraline Descartes, is going to put the members of our party who can dream through some training. And that's what we're going to dive into next. So, Raven, Whitaker, and Hugo. You three stand on a rippling, constantly changing landscape of what was once Coraline's backyard, but now grand vistas of impossibly patchworked biomes expand and grow and continue to shift and evolve into unnatural environments around you. And Coraline... Atop the like large stone pillar that she uh, drew out of the ground, takes a step and stairs start to tick, 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 jut out from the side of this perfect cylinder of earth as she walks down the side in a spiral pattern and eventually touches down on the ground in front of you all, and folds her fingers, not menacingly, but just intensely, and says, "Shall we begin?"
1: All right, Tilda Swinton.
4: Let's do this.
1: Everyone act under pressure. Wow, a roll. What is this?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Is this some kind of dice rolling game? Is this a game to you? Is this a game or something? I don't know, the last time we played a game. (laughs) That's a five. We are off to such a good start. (laughs) It's a six.
0: (laughs) Hey, I level up. We're so good at this. Oh, we are cooking... With gas today.
1: Okay. Cooking with uh, with seven gas.
0: Mm-hmm. That's Hey, that's all
1: right. That makes sense, honestly. I like it when the dice make sense. We just appeared here.
0: Yeah. yeah.
4: Okay. Raven and Whitaker, your clothes are gone. Oh, no. Fucking Christ. Hugo, you're in a different outfit than the one you got dressed in this morning. Just instantly.
2: Hmm. Unbothered. This
4: is kind of comfy. <laughs>
1: Could you not?
4: Would you ask? Coraline smirks and says, I didn't do anything. Were you remembering to think about your clothing being part of your identity here?
0: Oh,
1: this is an interesting point.
2: Raven just looks down and concentrates really hard on manifesting clothing back on her body. (laughs)
1: Natalie, you're saying this is Whitaker and Raven's projections of themselves right now? Um, yeah. As in, like, that was not Coraline stripping us? Coraline did not make your clothes disappear.
4: It was like a, a byproduct of being in this dream space. Being in this dream space, being so disoriented and just being like, oh my gosh.
1: I would like to posit that Whitaker doesn't look like how he usually looks like in real life. Mmm. Sure.
2: Yeah, he would show up as himself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because that is, that is an outwardly placed uh, perception forced upon him. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, there's no reason he would be thinking to put that on himself.
4: Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Whitaker, you are 28, young, fit, and totally naked. <laughs>
2: nice. <laughs> <laughs> this changes everything.
1: <laughs> I, I think the reaction stands,
4: yeah. but, but there's less... <laughs> You can't see your face. So like how much has changed? You know, like you're missing some scars maybe that you don't realize.
1: Right. The reaction, the reaction <laughs> stays.
4: Um, Raven, mm-hmm. roll me a cool check. So I guess it's acting under pressure again. But I, I like it's all going to be act under pressure. Uh-huh. Cool is the dream. Like it's your sense of self. So it's like, going to be the stat we use. Awesome. I have a one in it. I do have a level up that I need to take.
2: And I do not have anything good, so I might just bump up my cool again. Go for it. Roll with plus two. Okay. Nice. Let's just do that, because I've been sitting on that level up for a really long time and haven't thought <laughs> of anything.
4: I think taking that is going to be good because your your stat in cool is going to be the thing that lets you like have flashback tokens. So, aha, uh-huh. Hugo, you have a two, three, a three, and Whitaker has three. Uh, yes. Yeah. So I intentionally had like the cool players be you know. Have that be the stat.
1: Thanks, Natalie.
4: Yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: That's a seven.
4: Okay. You get, uh, you manifest clothes, not the clothes you were wearing, just some outfit that you know of that's yours. Mm-hmm. I think they're like a pair of her pajamas. Aww. Mm, just like
2: anything to cover me right now. Comfy, familiar.
4: Also, I'll—I'll I'll give you this too. Uh, like a blanket, kind of just appears and wraps itself around you.
1: <laughs> Ooh. How do I get one of them?
2: Raven's gonna stare at him really hard and try to manifest a blanket around his shoulder. <laughs> don't,
1: don't fucking look at me. Do you really do that?
4: <laughs> She's gonna try. Yeah, go for it. Roll plus cool. <laughs>
2: She's going to try and picture like the same exact blanket that she has. And she's going to try and have it be the same.
1: (laughs) Raven, please stop staring at me. I swear to God. (laughs) That's a six. (laughs) Okay.
2: (laughs) I think she's caught off guard by seeing your young face.
1: Yeah. I think she
2: looks over you and is like, oh my God. Like as she's trying to picture that for you is like taken by surprise of like, oh, that's Whitaker. But whoa.
4: Raven, your thought when you look over and you're like, Oh my God, he's so young.
0: Oh my God, who is this guy?
4: Yeah, uh, Whitaker, you're five.
0: Shit. <laughs> yep.
4: Oh no. It's,
0: it's that kind of party. I mm-hmm. made it worse.
2: <laughs> She's just looking down at baby Whitaker now like, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm it, so sorry. And then she looks away like, I'm, I'm so sorry.
1: It almost looks like baby Felicity.
4: <laughs> Coraline is on the ground cackling. She's just like... <laughs> Oh my God, you're so bad at this. (laughs) She composes herself, though, and uh, goes over to you, Whitaker. And she puts you in, like, a pair of, like, blue overalls with, like, a yellow shirt and, like, little red (laughs) sneakers. (laughs) And she says, There. That's a little better, isn't it?
1: Could I be 28 again, please?
4: In dream, your perception of yourself is mutable, and you better have a strong idea or bad things
0: can happen. This is exactly why I didn't want to learn this. Huh? This is exactly why I didn't want to learn this, and looking at Hugo, you see his tattoos are constantly changing. <gasps> <gasps>
4: yes! Just flux, change, shape, different, 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 different. Oh,
1: yes. That's so good.
4: Yeah. Coraline takes note of that, and then Hugo, act under pressure. Roll plus cool.
0: Yeah, a little better. Nine.
4: Okay, you catch Coraline looking at you very intently, and almost too late, but just in time, you realize, oh, she's doing something, and you look down at your like foot in the sandals you like maybe wearing because it was breakfast time, and your foot is turning to stone. And you go, nope, and push it away, and you feel yourself push this new version of yourself that Coraline was trying to project onto you away and your form becomes your own again. Hmm. And she purses her lips and says, Not bad. Looks down to Whitaker. So, you ready to play with the big kids again? Go ahead and roll plus cool.
1: (laughs) I would love to. All right. (laughs) It's a full success. It's 12.
4: Instantly (laughs) pop back up. You can be whatever age you want. 28 or old Whitaker, whatever you think is like, whatever you think he'd default to maybe at that point.
1: I think trying to gain a semblance of control again he does look like old Whitaker.
4: Mm, Yeah, a a real thing, you know.
1: Right, right. Okay. Didn't much appreciate that. Sorry. No, you're fine. It's an important lesson to learn. How do I do that to you then? I don't know. What do you think of me? I want to turn her into a moth. (laughs) Roll plus cool. <laughs> there we go. It's a 10.
4: Uh, she also got a 10. She rolled a 7. Oh. I'm going to say she has plus 3 as well. Right. <laughs> she. Could I help out? Interesting. <laughs> or does it not work? Because it's like. No, that's interesting. Um.
0: Combined well.
2: Only because he's like, it was a verbal exchange. And so I think Raven would be able to not think of the same thing because she doesn't know what Whitaker's thinking, but like also impress something upon Coraline. Go ahead and roll. Ooh, that's a 13.
4: Okay. Bitch. (laughs) Whitaker, you think, I think you're a moth. And Coraline grins at you as two... Black antenna sprout from her head, but rather than turn into like a tiny moth, she just fully <laughs> into Moth Girl's form. The black flickering with the red eyes. Mm. Mm-hmm. When you were little, she was towering over you. Then you became yourself again. You were how, you were taller than her again, and now she's <laughs> taller than you. <laughs> so you've had like a height battle. <laughs> and she just sort of raises the finger with a little like. But Raven, what were you projecting?
2: I was projecting the most cartoonish, simple version of Mothman that she could think of. So it's just like the simplest, goofiest little silhouette with just two circle red eyes Mm -hmm. and like the little antenna. So like cutesy, but kind of in a, she's thinking in kind of like a mean way of like, oh, aren't you so cute? just Mm. like adorable, like one dimensional.
4: (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm gonna roll now. Okay. Whitaker, suddenly the like hand that's like waggling a finger at you is like, and it's like a white, like cartoon, you know, like a Mickey Mouse glove kind of thing. Yeah. (laughs) And all of Moth Girl kind of swirls and shifts. And now there's this like cartoon chibi version. Uh, of Moth Girl's form, there. <laughs> it's the version
2: where it's just like little wings, and the eyes, and the antenna, but the little cartoony shoes.
4: Oh. Mm-hmm. And like little like pink swirls on the cheeks, like. Yeah,
2: the little anime cheeks.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. And she just suddenly goes, "What? Oh, fucking hell! All right, kid, <laughs> knock it off." <laughs>
2: <laughs> Raven's absolutely laughing out loud because she can't believe that worked.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's see. Roll me another cool check, Raven.
2: Mm -hmm. that's a nine
4: okay (laughs) Coraline back in her human form she looks at you and says I think it's funny huh (laughs) and takes a step towards you and her mohawk cascades down her face and now it's dark brown hair takes another step her makeup changes takes another step her dark wings become Aiden's golden wings she walks up to you and puts a hand on your cheek and like goes in to kiss you. And you, fully in this moment, are like, oh yeah, it's my girlfriend. And only at the last second do you realize, no, she can't be here, and pull away. And you realize Coraline did not affect your sense of self. She affected your perception of reality in that moment, Mm. where she forced you to believe what she was intending for you to believe.
2: Okay, When she does realize it, it's like a full self-defense ducking out of her arms completely.
4: Yeah. And as you step away, Coraline just sort of stands there frozen, drops the hand and is herself again. And she says, Lesson two. Your desires and attachments, their weaknesses here. They make you vulnerable to suggestion and manipulation. Uh, And she looks over at you, Hugo. Roll plus cool again. Eight. She glances at you for a moment briefly, Hugo, and suddenly all your tattoos, which are changing, lock into place as the ones that are your tattoos, but you feel the ink creeping up and across your heart.
0: Interesting.
4: And you feel terror in this moment before you kind of, nope, that's not true.
0: And you feel it retreat back down to your ribs where that tree is. Oddly enough, I think in that moment, he would actually embrace that sense of terror.
1: <gasps>
0: okay, sure. <laughs> He's just that kind of guy? He's already had a recent situation of experiencing not being in control of things, so...
4: hmm Okay. You embrace that fear and go, no, I'm terrified of this because this is, this is the end. And as soon as you think that, you feel forming around your heart is the glyph that started your tattoo on your wrist just much larger i'll even say like because you're so focused on this hugo's shirtless so you can just observe the tattoos and flickering at first and then the flame of the whispered the one in the shape of a finger gesture Mm -hmm. it begins moving and flickering like a fire blazing and burning so much so that it almost extends past the boundary of the tattoo, like the other ink making the compass around it, burns brighter, 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 white hot. Your eyes glow white. Your other tattoos start to glow white. There's a flash. (whistles) The flame is now gone, and a little wisping smoke tattoo trails there with little embers at the bottom flicker, flicker, flicker. And Hugo, you feel yourself dying. What do you do?
0: He's going to Take a moment, reassess his surroundings, put his hand where that flickering flame is. Mm-hmm. It's going to seem as if he's like pulling it out of his body and he's going to slam his hand on the ground, proclaiming, Not in my dojo. <laughs> and he's going to change the setting of where they are to be <gasps> Coach dojo. Yes. Okay. Yes,
1: you girl. Fuck, that's good. Yes.
0: No roll.
4: That's cool as fuck. That's so good. (laughs) You pull your hand away from your chest and slam your hand down, and (laughs) a dojo forms around everyone. The grass flips over and is tatami mats. It flips over and is flipping, like, you know, modern mats. Trees spiral and become target dummies, and the like striking rods with the many different arms uh, extended off them. And when you pull your hand away from the mat that you have slapped, the symbol of the Whispered that was on your chest is there on the ground emblazoned in a scorch mark, the flame now just flickering on the two-dimensional surface of the ground. And Cory looks around, nearly wide-eyed, you know? And goes, okay, you've got potential. What happens next? What do you guys do?
2: Raven's very excited because she knows this place. Yes, you do. Yeah, she <laughs> recognized it instantly. Mm-hmm. I think she was doing a little cheer as it appeared around them of like, yes!
4: You tell me, Raven, do your clothes instantly become the training gi?
2: I think they do, yeah. it's It's her, like whatever belt color she's at when she left Autumn Falls, like she's in her most recent uniform. And she kind of just, like, tightens the belt around her waist when she realizes it.
4: Yeah, flip a coin.
2: I can go grab a coin. (laughs) Yeah,
4: go ahead. (laughs) This is fun. This is fun. I'm so happy we're back.
2: (laughs) I got myself a quarter. Okay. Am I just flipping it and telling you what I get? Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
4: Heads. Heads. Okay. You did it on purpose. Ooh. Nice. Tails, I would have had Coraline turn to you and go, what did I say? Right? Mm -hmm. Because had it just, oh, I'm in the dojo, (laughs) my uniform instinctively, Mm. that's not learning the lesson. Mm -hmm. So, but you (laughs) suit up since your belt. Uh, So instead, Coraline looks at you and says, you're a quick learner. She also snaps and (laughs) is in karate gi. She just glances at the wall and like sees the hierarchy of belts there and the belt she is tying is just the highest belt possible. It's like a white one with a little black tip on the end of it.
2: I thought she was gonna do like one color higher than Raven just to be mean. <laughs>
4: nope, she goes for the, the, the highest one.
2: <laughs> that makes sense, I can't even be mad.
4: Mm-hmm, that's fine.
1: Yep, what were you gonna say, Whitaker? Uh, Whitaker's fought in a suit before and he doesn't wanna risk uh, becoming naked again. <laughs> so um, he's gonna be fine right here as he is, no gi for him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yep,
4: back to full suit. Uh, which, again, is not what you're wearing in the real world, but you have now projected that uh, onto yourself as you're like, this is my usual me.
1: This this is what I fight in. Thank you very much.
4: Mm-hmm. He's got his favorite tie on.
1: This is my garrotting tie. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Coraline ties the belt and then turns and takes a step, but one image of her is left behind, and as she walks, another one of her is left behind and turns, and another one then ends. And now there's three of her, one facing each of you, and they all simultaneously and do the old matrix, like (laughs) let's go.
2: (laughs) We keep sharing that in F-Chat.
1: Oh, really? (laughs) This is all well and good, Miss Duskheart. How is any of this going to trap a monster?
4: Patience, grasshopper.
1: And she comes at you. Yeah, all right.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Roll kick some ass, everybody.
1: All
0: right. Hell yeah.
2: Raven takes the same position and is like, all right, this is what we're doing.
0: Hell yeah. Which kind of kick some ass are we talking here? Uh, Not
4: magical. Okay. Unless you intend to throw a fireball at her face (laughs) in the
1: dojo you just created. (laughs) It's a dream dojo. It can take it. (laughs) Whitaker's not having a good time. That's so another failure for Wit. Okay. That's
0: uh, a five.
1: Five. I also got a five.
0: Oh, no. Did everyone fail? Hugo? While tempting, I'm going to stick with the nine. Okay. God, Hugo's the only one who gets it.
4: We'll go down the line. Whitaker, you do have no way of knowing what Coraline's capabilities are, but when you wait for her to throw a punch, it grazes you, and you go, I've got her. Come in as you normally would to counterattack and she is instantly like got you in an arm lock and <clears throat> and flips you and throws you on the ground.
1: Is it that like that dream motion of like I am moving way slower than I need to be right now? No. Interesting.
4: You as you <clears throat> and catch your breath are suddenly aware that you are fighting someone with vastly more hand-to-hand combat experience than you.
1: All right, all right.
4: Her form and the way she threw you was not only extremely effective, but was done so with, like, the patience and grace of a teacher who is so good that they can do that to their student without hurting them.
1: Oh, that was was my next question. Does pain exist in the dream world?
4: I mean, it does, but, like, again, you're not, like, hurting. You're just like, oh, my teacher flipped me just now. Sure. Raven, same thing. When she comes at you and you go to do something, it's like... Mori Kojima is pff, pff, flips you and pins you to the ground, right? Knocks the wind out of you a little bit, but you're fine. Uh, Hugo, you see a, almost a ghost image of Coraline rush forward off her like ready stance. And this ghost image of her is what engages you. And you maybe get a couple strikes in back and forth a bit, but eventually she sweeps your leg and you pff, flat in your face. But it's all that ghost image. Coraline, once that began, kind of just stood there with her hands or her arms folded and was like intently watching. And when you are done sweeping, she walks into that ghost image and they pff, become one again. I'll let you roll sharp now to determine what just happened. Okay.
0: I have no idea.
1: <laughs> what did you get?
0: A four. I have Oof. no idea. Okay. At first I thought it was an enemy stand, and then it turns out it's something else entirely.
1: Yeah, i uses some shit rolls tonight. I'm glad this ain't a real episode. <laughs> <laughs>
4: same tomorrow, same your no. good rolls for the real dream heist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see. How do I want her to explain this then? We'll move on. She <laughs> claps, and the dojo explodes away. Not violently, but it's like every piece of the dojo was on a wire attached many miles away and they were all suddenly just ripped away. And all that's left is like the tatami mats and the other mats of the dojo, which sort of shake and sink into the ground and the grass of like the lawn pokes up underneath it and you are now suddenly all on grass again. And she says, not bad, Mr. Rashad, as the other two versions of her sort of (laughs) into her. Um, And she offers you a hand to help you up and then says, lesson three and technically four, you can reshape your environment as easily as you can reshape yourself or another person. Everything in dream can be changed if you will it so. Even things about yourself. If you think you can fly in a dream, you fly. How is that any different than believing yourself to be a master of martial arts? Now let's move on to the advanced lessons. And she gestures and a door shimmers into existence and she opens it. She says, follow me and steps in. Maiden follows. Okay, you step in, Whitaker, Hugo. Um, th- mm.
1: <laughs> Secondary <laughs> location.
4: You don't have to. Again, this is all practice, so.
1: Hugo, do you want to spa with me for a bit? <laughs> I'd rather face you than her. Are you sure about that? No, I'm not. But I don't want to fight her.
0: (laughs) Why don't you just do both then? And he's going to try to... Hugo, roll plus cool. Yep. Yes. Roll plus cool. (gasps) Oh, (laughs) shh. Didn't get there, though. It was a six. It was a six. Hmm.
2: Does he just turn into the cartoon version again?
0: (laughs) (laughs) A 2D cutout of Hugo Rashad suddenly appears.
4: What happens is a a Hugo copy steps away from Hugo and follows Raven and Coraline through the door. But the one left looks up at you, Whitaker. Hugo, I'll let you decide. Split Hugo's personality in half. Mm. One is staying with Whitaker and one is going with the two girls. And I'll let you decide what that division line is in this moment.
0: Hmm, what a concept. (laughs) Oh, man.
4: You tried to double yourself and failed, so you divided yourself instead.
0: Hold on. Gotta look up something real quick. (laughs) Ooh. What a cool idea. Mm -hmm. Where is the antonym for this? Hmm. I can try to find an antonym for wonder, and there are no good ones. Like The part of him that ends up leaving is the one that is ruled by the concepts of discovery, joy in the unknown, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And the one that's staying is strictly business.
2: Would it be kind of like cynicism almost? If the the curiosity and the wonder has left, then what's left is the, like, serious cynic?
4: All business. Yeah. Yeah.
2: No fun, no curiosity.
4: It's like the Vulcan, Hugo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, where he's not mean, he's just serious. yeah. We do need a good word for that.
4: Yeah, it's like the the mundanity Hugo. <laughs> Doldrum's Hugo. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> wow. Cool. Well, I hope you're ready to roleplay those. <laughs> so uh, uh, uh. But Hugo kinda skips a little as he goes through the door. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And yep. the Hugo that has left Whitaker just is like bags under the eyes, super tired looking like Okay. Let's train.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't sound too excited. <laughs>
4: You follow Coraline through the door, Raven, and what you see as you, like, step through the doorway is Whitaker and boring Hugo and the doorway ahead of you. And you pause because you can see, like, the back of your head stepping through the other door.
1: Ooh, paradox time.
4: Oh. And if you try and turn around and look back, you now see yourself stepping through the door, but, like, turning back. Fun, okay. Um, same thing
0: for you, Wonder Hugo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Maybe you'll find some enjoyment in
0: this. I know this game. I know, it's just like the game with the circles and... Oh. Now you're thinking with portals. Oh.
4: <laughs> Coraline looks at you, Wonder Hugo, and says, do you? And suddenly, Wonder Hugo, you are stepping in a like completely dark space. It's like all all time and space just sort of like expand away from you in like darkness. And then you like step and there's just this like echoing like and there's this little pedestal in front with a glass diorama on it. And you look down in that diorama and there's doldrums Hugo and Whitaker and the two doors and Coraline stepping through one, but poking out the other and all of you there. And you're just standing like above them. And Coraline steps out from behind you and says,
0: "The game's afoot." Nice. So, is the box that's in front of him a solid box?
4: Yeah, it's, it's like a glass diorama. Okay. Everyone inside it is moving, and you can like see a version of Wonder Hugo kind of like peeking through the door and like looking up at your giant self. And like you're aware of both of you now. At the it's like your mind is in fact roll actor pressure. pressure
0: <laughs> well, you, you know what he has to do in this particular situation. You gotta tap the glass. <laughs> do, do, do. Tiny Hugo meets Huge-go. <laughs> and it's a nine.
4: A nine. Mm-hmm. Doldrums Hugo, would you like to help out? Oh, oh shit.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, let's see what happens.
4: Doldrums Hugo, you're, you're there, like, maybe going through the motions of some sparring with Whitaker but you notice like the sky, the plane of the sky where you are, suddenly there's like a doom, doom, and like a ripple through the sky as if it were a projected screen, you know, and something was poking it from the other side.
1: Mm. Does Whitaker see this?
4: I don't think so. We'll, we'll, we'll do like a time thing where we like see what you're doing with Doldrum Shugo sure. in the scene, but sure, sure. I just want to see if you can help yourself out here.
0: So here's the weird thing. The first one was a nine. The help out was an 11. Because of a helping hand, that nine becomes an 11. So, doldrums Hugo, you are, or
4: I should say, serious Hugo. Analytical Hugo. Factual Hugo. You realize, you're like,
0: Huh, I'm missing something here. And so is he. All right. We're incomplete.
4: And you logic your way into filling in the rest of you. Logic Hugo is now Hugo, and so is Wonder Hugo.
2: There's two Hugos now.
4: You suddenly complete the doubling of yourself correctly. And I guess that makes three of you, because Coraline copied one. Anyway, Coraline grins as she watches Huge go, uh, looking down and sort of ding, 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 like all three of them sort of connecting And she says, Hmm. A lot of potential. You feel her hand on your back as like a congratulatory, like, not bad, but suddenly it's a shove. And big Hugo, you fall towards the glass box, rapidly shrinking and fall through it. And as you're falling, other Hugo from the doorway gets shunted forward and other Hugo that's sparring with Whittaker also gets pushed forward, and the three of you collide, and one Hugo on the grass surface. Uh... (laughs) Raven, you realize that the Coraline that was holding the door open for you is gone, Mm -hmm. and she's instead just descending perfectly stationary like Mary Poppins from the sky from a glass like cracked window in the sky beyond which is just darkness. And the glass pieces which sort of broke out, shattered and slowed down are now (laughs) and filling in like a puzzle and then smoothed over. And a flock of birds like flies by to prove that it is not a, a flat plane anymore.
2: Am I still stuck in my little never ending doorway situation?
4: You could step fully out of the door if you wanted.
2: Yes, please.
4: (laughs) Okay, once you're out of the door, uh, it closes behind you and blows away in, in a fog. Should not have gone through there, it was a bad idea. Was it? What did you learn? That there can be
2: multiples of ourselves and that things can not make any sense spatially wise.
4: She grins, not making sense is my greatest weapon here. And you like, think about that and nod, and suddenly you are on a piece of rock in a lava flow. Hmm. It's like Mount Doom, you know, levels of like fiery scape. Mm -hmm. Let's quickly pause there and jump back to Whitaker and Doldrum's Hugo as you're sparring, because I want to give you a chance to like Mm -hmm. try something, Emery. What do you do while you're sparring with this version of Hugo?
1: I have a thing for him to do later after Hugo gets blown into the dirt, but for sparring, I think Whitaker is not a man of grand imagination. And he starts by just trying to summon weapons. Mm. His, his brain is weapons, his brain is gadgets, and he's gonna try to summon like a knife, a sword, a, a scream of sticks that he sees Hugo use sometimes. Just like that, that is where his brain goes first for what can I do in a dream world. Sure,
4: go roll plus cool that's a nine okay um then hugo roll plus cool as doldrums hugo for a minute
1: <laughs> how cool is
0: doldrums hugo <laughs> it's
4: still hugo we'll say add one and a half <laughs>
0: he's he's cool enough that he's holding elias easty's sword with a 13 nice
1: oh <laughs> that's shit that's so good Ooh. he's very cool Yeah, so,
4: Whittaker, what do you summon first? What's the first thing?
1: Uh, First thing is a gun.
4: Yeah, (laughs) so you summon a gun, draw it up, and it's, (laughs) and it's cut in half, like the barrel's (laughs) just gone. And Dolgems Hugo just very boringly is just
0: like, That's not going to be enough, Whitaker. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Like something out of an anime. Yeah. (laughs) Swipes up with the sword, doesn't even look at him. Mm -hmm.
1: For my next trick, nothing personnel, kid. (laughs) Teleport behind Hugo. Do you want to try that? Yeah, sure. Why not? Go for it. (laughs) It's a 12. (laughs) Yes. Great. Great. Oh, and and I think especially whenever Whittaker starts getting a handle on things, he does accidentally revert back to young 28-year-old Whittaker.
4: What's the weapon this time?
1: The weapon is, um...
4: Think about this for a second. Yeah. It's Dream. What's the weapon you pull out to fight Hugo, who is wielding Elias Eastman's sword?
1: Uh, I don't know.
4: Uh, Let me pause it also Elias Easty's sword. Mm. Oh, sure,
1: uh, yeah, if it's, yeah, sure.
4: Why not? There's no re right? There's no reason there can only be one of them. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. With a twelve, like I'll I'll help you along with this like logic game of like you could both have that. You could have two. Hugo could have four hundred. It doesn't matter.
2: <laughs> you know? Cut Hugo's version of the sword with your sword. Yeah, cut it in <laughs> half.
1: Like break his sword. His sword is wooden. I have the sword, but but mine's bigger. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's the exact same sword, but just a little bit bigger. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Whitaker, you know, is not completely out of the loop. Whitaker knows anime and maybe like had a thought of like oh Hugo this boring version of him is very anime right now uh so that being on your mind you do move in a way that Whitaker does not know how to do Mm. but appears behind Hugo having cut the other sword in half in a very anime fashion like back to back now with both swords drawn you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I will I will tell you the thing that Hugo observed earlier Coraline doing you don't have to know how to do the things you do here. You can just believe that you know how to do them and do them. Mm. Coraline is not a master of Taekwondo, karate, and all their forms, martial arts, but she can go, I am, and be that thing, and beat you all. And in the same way, you can go, God, I'm fighting anime, Hugo. I would need to be anime Whitaker to beat him. And suddenly you are. And it's like, (laughs) you know, like young Whitaker, but like Jojo face for a second.
1: The glasses (laughs) are like the pure white, like shining. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Perfect. He has a 12 minute monologue in his own head before anything
4: happens that only he experiences. (laughs) 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 Yeah, perfect. But uh, we'll say, as you like finish that spar and you know, Hugo gets pulled together and blah, 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 and Coraline's like, yeah, unpredictability, chaos. Whitaker, you are suddenly on a raft in the middle of a storm. Water as far as you can see, dark clouds above, just on a raft, clinging to the mast, six foot waves at least, crashing over the deck of this little ramshackle raft. And Hugo, as you sit up, you are in a boxing ring, and you hear Ding-ding! and an announcer, and the roar of the crowd shoots up around you. And you look across, and not adjusting boxing gloves or like a mouth guard or anything, but just with a power tool grinder <laughs> on their knuckles is a gargoyle. Just at the other end of the ring. Oh like <laughs> that's so metal.
3: Tonight at the Deep, Mason Wright versus Hugo Rashad.
4: Yes. And you know, there's like booth babes that are like gorgons and other like you know whatever <laughs> <laughs> With mythical creatures. And like you can see the blue glow and the shimmer of like the aquarium set of the VIP stage at the Deep. Hello adventurers! Thanks for joining us for another episode. As you can probably tell, we're super glad to be back after our break and once again telling stories with each other, which we can then share with all of you. This session was originally going to be just for the squad, so they could figure out how the wacky magic of dreamwalking would work in our story. But it was so much fun and wound up laying the foundation for a lot of what's coming in the next episode, so we decided to release this slightly more loosey-goosey session as part of the canon. Our promo swap this week is with Dice Collectors. They've recently been releasing backstory one-shots for each character in their current campaign, which is an idea that I love. In fact, I might steal that one from my own Game Master's bag of tricks. Let's check out their promo. Hey everyone, MB here
2: from the Dice Collectors podcast. We're an inclusive group of dice gremlins coming
4: together to promote diversity and tell stories through tabletop RPGs. Here's a sneak peek at our current campaign.
3: Yeah, but it's kind of their fault for leaving it down here for so long for someone to stumble upon. Yeah, but what if they check our bags when we go up? We're screwed.
0: Naxana has idea.
3: Oh
2: no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we could put our things in the menagerie.
2: That's a better idea. I thought you were gonna say something with skeletons, not gonna lie.
4: I was really stressed for us. That's a great idea. <laughs> And obviously we keep some things in our bags, so we don't look like we just dumped the bags.
3: Also, we're
2: pretending to be like architects and really interested in stone work and things. So we could literally just pick up rocks and just give them rocks. Yes.
4: Let's find some nice rocks. If you want to hear more, you can listen to us on Anchor, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and more. Follow us on Twitter, at Dice Collectors, for updates, and from there you can join our Patreon and Discord for extra content and community fun. See you soon, and keep rolling those dice. You can find Dice Collectors using the link in the episode description, and find their Twitter, or whatever it's become when you're listening to this, at Dice Collectors. Probably best just use the link. Who knows what social media is going to look like and for how long these days. That being said, your support continues to help us a great deal. Rating our show in the app you listen on is the easiest way you can contribute to our success. If you follow any of our social accounts and like or comment, all that engagement is great for us too. But the most important is word of mouth. You've heard plenty of podcasters talk about it, but it simply can't be beat when it comes to drawing new listeners in to try out a new show. So keep talking about us with your friends and family. Really geek out about it and annoy the heck out of the people in your life. And maybe they'll start listening too, if only to finally understand what you're talking about when you try to explain the complex dynamic between Moth Girl and a lesbian angel for the fifth time. Hey there, adventurers. It's Mel. I'm popping into this mid reel to remind you, or maybe inform you for the very first time, about our listener survey. It's short, it's easy, and your response would really help the squad figure out where we're going to direct our efforts as the show moves forward. This is your chance to tell us you'd rather have a Storyteller Squad graphic tea versus a coffee mug, or that you really liked the Expanded Universe series or what your favorite part has been in the Autumn Falls campaign. The survey link is in the episode description. Any and all feedback is highly welcome, so long as it's constructive. The survey will be up until episode 61, so speak your mind while there's still time. We hope to hear from you soon. Bye! Thanks, Mel. All right, just a few last reminders to get through. Let's try to hit them quickly. The Fate of the Thorn, our collaborative special series with the Writers' Room, just finished posting. If you've been waiting for story content from us and haven't checked that out, What are you waiting for, you silly billies? Go find it. You can binge the whole thing now. We're super proud of our first significant foray into a different system and world. And I guarantee, if you like what we've done with our hunters from Autumn Falls, you'll love the Crew of the Thorn. You can find the first episode in its entirety on our feed, and you can find the writer's room wherever you get your podcasts. Join us for some legendary adventures on the high seas. As always, if you're a longtime listener and are in the position to do so, your support of our Patreon makes a big difference for our production. There's always something to upgrade or pay for in the world of podcasting, and the support of our patrons is not only super encouraging for our morale, it's just really helpful. Thank you, patrons. We are so grateful for the support you provide. You can find our link in the description of this episode, patreon.com slash the Storyteller Squad. Now that we're back, it'll hopefully be a while before we have to go on break again. Our recap episodes have been recorded for seasons one and two. Our expanded universe series with four new guest shows is on the way. And I've finally been able to do some serious prep and writing as a GM for season three. I'm so excited about what comes next for our heroes. But I'm also just as excited to share these final episodes in this season's story. They're full of some of my favorite moments so far. So stay tuned. And I hope you enjoy this last stretch of our road trip ride. We'll see you soon, adventurers. So, what do you all do? We can go in order. We can go whoever wants to do their
0: scene first. I have this weird thing for something for him to fail specifically. Sure. I don't think we touched upon other elements of distraction. Mm -hmm. So can I roll something to only happen if he fails it? Sure. Hmm. Okay. Let's see if this actually works. Nope, didn't fail it. Oh, well. (laughs) Dang it. Ah, curses. I mean, I could you could elect to fail if you really want to fail something, if you
4: think that'd be a fun beat for Hugo. <laughs> this is just practice.
0: Sure, let's elect to fail.
4: Okay. How do you fail? Or what are you failing at, to be more specific?
0: He's failing to keep his focus properly to the extent of, he keeps looking around the audience and seeing flashes of that person that he doesn't recall. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck, that's good. Mm-hmm and he's having difficulty focusing on the task at hand versus that.
1: I like this.
4: Yeah, you you are... Not only have you failed to keep your focus, you have failed in this moment to remember that this is a dream. Mm-hmm. Hugo is at the deep, fighting Mason Wright, and there's too much going on for you to take a moment and go, how did I get here? Even more so than when you were in the Flatwoods Nightmare, you are fully convinced, like, nope, this is where I'm at. And, uh, yeah, I better win this fight or I'm dead. This gargoyle is gonna fucking break my face. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, like, we don't have to roll the combat of it, you know? It's like Mason Wright gets up, nothing personal, <laughs> you know? And, like, you throw a shield spell up. <laughs> it's very much like, um, Wong versus Abomination from the Shang-Chi movie. Of
0: course, of course. Ooh, ooh, can, can I add one more thing? Sure. He's in the battle armor.
4: Oh, stop! No. Oh,
2: yeah,
0: yes. the whispered battle armor? Yeah. So yes. oh,
2: he remembers what it looks like after never, ever wearing
4: it?
0: I don't remember off the top of my head at all. I'd have to look at the picture again. Yeah, it's just like the Mordo outfit, basically. Yeah, pretty much.
4: So, uh, you're fighting Mason Wright, but every once in a while when he, like, knocks you to the ground and the round is over and it's like, ding, ding! <laughs> round three
3: to
4: Mason Wright! However boxing works. Yeah, however <laughs> boxing works. I don't care. Um, <laughs> you you do. You get those, like, flashes of that person, their face staticed out. You glance around, glance around, glance around. And in one moment, you glance expecting to, like, see them again because you kind of get in this rhythm of, like, as soon as I look at the crowd, I'm going to see whoever that is. And you go to look, and instead of the person with the, like, wavy, dark red hair, you see someone in a white and pale blue, almost military jacket, like a a fancy doublet kind of regal attire, fitted with like a white and silver corset underneath and their face also staticed out with like spiked, very styled whitish silver hair that kind of swoops in one direction to points. Also just like looking at you and suddenly your whole body goes cold and you get clocked and hit the mat. Whitaker, let's check in with
1: you. Uh, Whitaker is on a, was it a lifeboat or a raft? or or He's in the middle of the ocean, stranded.
4: Middle of the ocean, a very weak, shabbily
1: thrown together vessel. Oh man, what if it's the boat that ross and spiegel picked him up <gasps> on oh like the speedboat?
2: Yeah. yeah maybe it starts off as like a raft or something and then whitaker's own brain takes him to the last boat he was on and it turns into ross and spiegel's boat
4: yeah let's lean into that mm-hmm. it starts as a raft and then you get hit by a wave and come to and ross is there blood on her forehead missing the sword oh God. and just being like whitaker Steakle fell overboard. We've got to get him. Oh my god. Middle of a storm, you look out on the waves. It's hard to see, but you do hear like,
0: Aah!
4: Bowled over by a wave.
1: Oh. I mean, his first instinct is jump into the water, right? Like, if we're thinking, you know, he doesn't, he hasn't quite re- remembered that it's a dream again.
4: Well, you haven't rolled that yet. Mm. I mean, yeah. I'll, if you want to elect to fail, you can.
1: Yeah, he's going to elect to fail, I think. Okay. Can I fail it first and then do a thing? Sure. (laughs) He definitely jumps in and doesn't realize it's, yeah.
4: Yeah, cool. So you're in the water, just swimming towards Spiegel. It seems like as you are swimming, you just start to drift further and further apart. And Ross on the boat, you can hear her like struggling to get the engine running again. (sighs) Just stalling out, turning over, not actually starting up.
1: So he's, he's swimming out, and I think, um, I think what happens is there's, like, just this massive wave that absolutely knocks him under, so he's, like, spiraling into the ocean. He doesn't know which way is up, and it's just freezing fucking cold. Froth,
4: bubbles, cold, yeah.
1: And, like, he opens his eyes, and it's just nothing but, like, blue-black emptiness beneath him and above him. Mm-hmm. And um, I think for a moment, he is reminded of, like, um, some like National Geographic deep sea movie that his dad played for him at one point because his dad's a big National Geographic kind of guy. And it scared Whitaker so thoroughly that his first instinct is to turn the TV off. So in that moment, Whitaker turns off the TV and that is what he's going to attempt to do.
4: I like this a lot. So it's it's the moment of, I have to wake up, but not quite there yet. But what you do is you say, oh, I hate this show, turn it off.
1: Or change the channel, maybe. Or
4: change the channel. Oh, I love change the channel. You're so fucking brilliant, Emery. Yeah. You go, change the channel. And you feel yourself press, click, and you are in a, I don't know how else to describe it, other than like a sitcom set. Like a living room? <laughs> like a living room with a kitchen oh, attached and, like, no dividing yep. wall, right? Perfect. Yep.
2: No ceiling,
1: just lights. Yeah. Really flat yep. lighting on everything. Flat
4: lighting, and, and you're just, like, sitting there in, like, a sweater. <laughs> and, and then it's like, and Prithy walks the door.
1: Oh, for fuck's sake.
4: <laughs> and it's like, you are not going to believe what happened to me today. And, it's, and you hear the audience. <laughs> pretty
2: does the little like waiting for the audience to finish as they all cheer for their entry. Yep, exactly. Woo!
4: <laughs> <laughs> so we'll come back to you. God, that's amazing.
1: <laughs> Thank you for that.
4: Raven. Yes. You are on the fiery Mount Doom landscape and there's lava coming towards you. Oh man. It's bad to be here. Mm hmm. You can see a volcano like erupting and throwing ash and more lava into the air. What do you do? I'm gonna roll first because I have an
2: idea, but if I fail, then I want to keep the fail and have this be our like elect to fail thing. Mm hmm. (laughs) That's a five. I failed.
0: (laughs) Oh man.
2: I think it's the same thing as everyone else. She, The second she's there and she feels the heat of the lava, she forgets it's a dream,
4: mm-hmm. and it's
2: very, very real. Flip another coin. Tails.
4: Tails. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, no. Oh, no, what?
4: Uh. Oh, no. Raven, you suddenly feel so heavy mm-hmm. and so tired, and your mouth is dry, the heat of the air, and you collapse on the ground. Uh and collapsing beside you in a white blouse that's all muddy and ragged and wearing little scuffed, cut-off britches is Felicity.
0: No! Just
4: laying there, similarly exhausted.
0: I can't remember the
4: taste of strawberries, Miss Eugenia, or the feel of grass on my hairy hobbit feet. (laughs) No! You are fully sucked into the scene from Lord of the Rings. When I said I wanted to be in
2: Lord of the Rings, this is not the part I wanted.
4: The ring is like weighing down your chest like with how heavy it is. And so, yeah, you fully are lost in mm-hmm. the idea that like, yo, it's, yeah, Raven Eugenia from the Shire. It's me, I've been carrying this ring for a really long time. The hobbit who carried the ring through Middle-earth, yeah.
2: And it's really fucking heavy now. And I can't take another step. God.
1: (laughs) Okay. Oh,
2: no. (laughs) I'm there with my best friend about to die on a volcano. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
4: And I'm so fucking thirsty. Oh, my God. Wow. Anyway, Hugo, we'll come back to you. You come to... You're being, like, shaken awake by one of the um, the Ring assistant people splashing some cold water on your face. They're, you know, like, giving you mouth guard, trying to psych you up, like, Come on, kid, you got this. You, You can do this. One of the Ring girls is this pale young girl in a dark bikini sporting a mohawk with pink and purple streaks in it. And as she walks by working the crowd, she pauses for a moment and glances back at you over her shoulder. And somehow, over the din of the audience, you hear her say,
0: What's real, Hugo Rashad? Hmm... That is a conundrum. It is a bit of a toughie.
4: Roll plus cool. No, roll plus sharp first. Uh, Eight. You know something is off. You can't quite put your finger on it just yet, but you're trying to puzzle out. You think, what's real? What's real? Well... I'm Hugo Rashad, championship boxer at The Deep. And uh, yeah, how long has this match been going on? Oh, it's like the 12th round, right? It's a couple hours. God, feels like a couple days. Months? How many years have I been in this fight with Mason Wright? Time is stretching out like an endless mirror in a mirror in a mirror in a mirror.
0: Well, that's terrifying, isn't it?
4: You've always been Hugo the championship boxer fighting Mason Wright at the deep. You're like a character in a storybook. That's all that is and ever will be for you. And that seems wrong. Mm -hmm. That's like a terrifying thing. If that was reality and shouldn't be reality, That doesn't make any sense. So like, yeah, that's what you're experiencing right now.
0: Huh, that's a weird concept. Beyond just changing perception of reality, within the dreamscape is a person's literal sense of understanding manipulated as well. Since instead of that being the environment that is him and his own memories being manipulated.
4: Yeah, your perception of time and reality is being manipulated right now.
0: Mm. Or rather, I guess not the time and reality, the self-history.
4: That's the part that feels fake. Okay. The thing that feels real is the endlessness of this time, but that does not make sense with the sense of self that you carry somewhere deep mm. inside you that you still have a chance to push back on and say, no, I'm Hugo Rashad, former current Whispered member. I'm on a trip with my friends. But blah, blah. like, that's the piece you need to seize and push back on this lie that you've been stuck into. Does that make sense?
0: Yep. Wait a second. I don't punch things. I use sticks. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I think as soon as you think that, the mixed martial arts or boxing gloves you've got on your hands are gone and you suddenly are just like, a scream of sticks. Keep it going. What's the next thing you think?
0: Why sticks when magic?
4: Crickling lightning and ice down the other arm. Wait, and then
0: why the deep? Why am I even?
4: <sighs> the crowd and all the camera flashes explode into like glittering sparkles and Mason Wright blows away like a sand sculpture and Coraline is sitting in the other corner of the ring, legs crossed, arms folded, and then just goes. Well done, Mr. Rashad. Not bad for your first day.
0: Mm, Right, first day. Oh, wait a second. Time doesn't exist.
4: Don't skip ahead. That's in the next lesson. But it's true. In Dream, we have all the time we need. So, you ready to continue?
0: He's going to pull a lantern out of his pocket. Yeah, let's continue.
4: And Hugo and Coraline walk as you hold a lantern out in front of you into Dream.
1: Whitaker. I respect the vibe. So, um... Oh my god, what does this look like? Prithi comes through like... What was the line? You won't believe what just happened.
4: Prithi does the line, and then it, like, cuts to the opening sequence of you, like, watering the flowers, and Prithi, like burning something in the oven and all this stuff and it's like and they were roommates
0: (laughs) (laughs) roommates is filmed in front of a live studio audience i fully
1: envisioned prithy walking through the door with a briefcase suit and newspaper and whitaker popping up from behind the oven with a pie in his hand and a little pink apron apron. (laughs)
4: it's episode 15 of And They Were Roommates starring Alonzo Whitaker and Prisley Yvonne. <laughs> oh, that's <is> so good. <laughs> and it's like a Dick Van Dyke show where, like, that's your characters' names too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I guess we really got something like. Oh, don't tell me, darling, that Gimmer messed up one of those fancy electronic inventions of yours again. Anymore, and he won't be invited to the housewarming party.
4: I didn't want to invite that goblin out for tennis last week! You think I'm gonna invite him to the holiday party?
1: Well, he's on the list!
4: (laughs) Ugh, the list! (laughs) (laughs) Jabber jabber jabber, cute couple banter. And then, like, Whitaker, you're, you're, like, putting the prop burned turkey back in the oven or whatever. And you see behind one of the cameras because you can't see the camera crew right filming the the episode, and um, this like camera person from behind like looks around the corner, mm-hmm. and they have the mohawk and the dark makeup, mm-hmm. and they say,
1: "Take it again, more real this time." And like Whitaker just stops for a minute, like, "What?" But this is, re- and like every, and then the, mm-hmm. everything starts to like. He looks into, like, the audience that's supposed to be doing the laugh track, and it's just one person. It's the radio ghost. <gasps> oh, fuck oh. off. <laughs>
4: <laughs> with, with like, the radio in his chest, and anytime they need a laugh, he just presses a button. It's laugh track.
1: Oh, man. Oh, that's good. Should I roll to see if I realize this is real?
4: Yeah, go ahead and roll. Uh,
1: it's an eight. An eight. Okay. Something's off. Something's off. Actor Whittaker, I think, is going to go to get a drink of water and attempt to leave the set. Mm, okay. That is, yeah. If he realize, if he's starting to realize something is off, he is going to attempt to leave.
4: Sure. As you step away from the set, you go over to, like, the, uh, what's it called in movies? Craft services, right? That's always what they call the, the caterers. Yeah. All the food on this table is prop food. There's like a pitcher of water, but the water is like a resin, so it won't tip over and spill, you know? And like all the bagels are just like hard plastic, like doo doo. Yeah. Prith, is this some kind of prank? And you see them walking off the lit set and out into the like darkened backstage area, but they're still lit, like they're on the set.
1: Mmm. <laughs> just this glowing Ooh. figure walk, yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. There you go, are you ready to run the scene again? Yeah, sure. Okay, good, because I've got to tell my agent, blah, blah, blah. And they, like, spin around.
1: And what's the thing you realize in this moment? Uh, Prithi's their own agent, obviously. (laughs) Wait, Prithi's an agent. Hold on.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And as, like, Prithi steps away, the lighting on them disappears, and they are suddenly in an agent suit. And then they are in, like, the t-shirt that you saw them in. Last time you saw them in house arrest, and you see them walk into their apartment. Oh. And like sit down on the bed and close the door. <laughs> oh
1: my god. And Whitaker's just watching through like the mirror cutout.
4: And you are in your suit again, no sweater, no lighting or anything. Yeah. And Coraline is like walking up. The camera equipment is like being pulled away invisibly on dollies behind her. And she, like, takes off the baseball cap she was wearing and, like, tosses it into the air. It doesn't land. And just comes up beside you and says, And you said you had no imagination. Pretty good, Mr. Whitaker.
1: <laughs> and Whitaker changes the channel.
4: <laughs>
1: okay. More as, like, a finality, like, like, all right, yeah, I'm I'm done with this. I
4: like the idea of Whitaker holding up the clicker and Coraline just giving you, like, a, one more again?
1: Yeah, that's good. And it's
4: just like, And we get the like TV turning off kind of a thing of like next episode or whatever.
1: Yeah, I love that. Love that.
4: Raven, jump back to you.
2: Mm hmm. Should I roll again? Yeah. I got a seven.
4: Another mix. Oh, let's see.
2: I have an idea for how I want her to move forward.
4: Oh yeah, you had your idea, go for it.
2: I think with a mixed success, it's kind of like she knows that she can like change things, but doesn't know that she could just like stop or get out of it, you know what I mean? So it's like, oh, I can fix this. this I'm in this and it's real, but I can do something with it. Hmm. And so she's going to switch it She's gonna concentrate, and now the ring is on Felicity, and she's Raven's gonna stand up and deliver the line. I can't carry it, but I can carry you, and she's gonna scoop up Felicity and start walking.
4: Love this. Okay, yes. Yeah, so you you trade places. Just
2: like this isn't right.
4: I'm not Frodo. I'm Sam. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm Sam. Like, flip it. And so then as you're going, you see crawling up over a rock, right? With just the barest little fringe of a mohawk left and like sunken
0: <laughs> cheeks oh and dark no.
4: makeup is like a little moth girl golem.
1: Oh, oh I hate it. <laughs> <sighs>
4: What's real, love, it's
1: this? Is it the precious?
4: Just like whispers this haunting entreaty towards you. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you stand there with tired Felicity on your shoulders.
2: (laughs) I think she kind of waits because she knows how this scene is supposed to play out and this isn't how it goes. Yeah. So she's like starting to get it, but she's going to keep walking because she still has to throw the ring in the fire. (laughs) Like, Like, hang on.
4: What's the thing Raven thinks about as that question like rolls around in her brain you're still climbing the mountain Mm -hmm. what's real what's real what do you what do you mean what's real what could be more real than this like (laughs) bolts of lava and things pouring around
2: Ooh, i think as she's like hearing the volcano going off and like feeling all of these things she's kind of going like well no i've never felt the heat of a volcano like this like i've never experienced Experienced this before. I've never been this exhausted and thirsty and just like emotionally damaged. Well, maybe, but not like this. Like, and it's kind of this like zooming out of like, I've only seen this. I've only felt like I've experienced this. This is a movie that I have watched and is like backing herself out of the scene. Mm -hmm. Being like, I'm not this character. I've only seen this character before and like pushing back from it and removing herself from it. I don't have to get the ring to Mount Doom. Somebody else does, and I get to watch them do it while I sit on my couch.
4: <laughs> oh, I like that. It's a, it's a, you zoom out and you're in your living room. Your dad's in his armchair. And your mm-hmm. mom is like in the kitchen watching the movie like on the counter with like the divide that like opens into the... You know, they have like the cutout window between kitchen and living room. Mm-hmm. And so she's like popping some popcorn in a skillet. And you see the younger twins are just like already asleep on the ground, like covered by blankets and on, on pillows and things for movie night. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and you see uh, uh, Jay and your brother just sort of sitting off on the couch snuggled together. I think she kind of pokes Lark with her foot and then sticks her tongue out at him when he looks over at her. (laughs) He looks over at you and says, I thought maybe you had it, but then you just made a comforting lie instead of my dangerous one. And it's Coraline. Mm Mm-hmm. And the rest of your family starts to fade into the background. She's got like a thing of popcorn. We'll call this attempt needs improvement. Watch those emotions, Miss Eugenia. Want to go again? (sighs) Yeah. Because you didn't quite fully remove yourself. Mm Mm-hmm,
2: yeah. But you did
4: transition.
2: I got a seven, so I was kind of like... Yeah, yeah, I like that. It's almost there. She knows this is Autumn Falls, this is home. I can't go back home yet, so I can't be here. Using kind of the same method of walking backwards of like, this isn't
4: right still. I can't be here. (laughs) Yep, so what do you say? She's just gonna sigh heavily. (laughs) And just because Coraline is a little shit, Mm -hmm. she goes, ah, I think you're ready. Think fast. And you are plummeting in the air, 20,000 feet. God damn it. (laughs) the van meter monster. Like, you know, like, she just doesn't even walk with you into the next stream. She just fully thrusts you into it Uh, (laughs) because it's it's Coraline and you. Food. I think that's that's where we'll end it, because that's all the steps I wanted to go over of things that are possible. And I'll say that like the the thing that this last thing was trying to show you how to do or how effective it can be is a seamless transition from one moment of dream into the next and learning how to make it not have to make sense, but once you get there, it absolutely must make sense or it falls apart. Right. And so we will say that over the course of the next 30 minutes, you all go through two, three weeks of dream training.
1: Ooh, yep.
4: Sometimes you come back together again. Sometimes you're separated for days at a time. Sometimes it's you and Coraline just sitting and talking and like meditating or like really practicing, like, all right, make a cup. No, make a cup, and she shatters the one in her hand. You know, it's like make a cup tsh, 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 until she goes <clears throat> good, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. I like that. And just yeah, more more of these like thought exercises training you all in your willpower and conviction, which are some of the greatest weapons here. And like maybe in Whitaker's case, imagination, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, that's I think where we'll we'll call dream heist training.
2: do you mind just summarizing the other lessons really quick because I'm taking notes. <laughs> mm. So, like the last one was like scene transitions,
4: yeah. you you tell me, and I, I want to see if you if you what have you learned? Yeah. What do you have as your lessons written down? I just started taking the notes,
2: and so I only have the last
1: one. Oh, well... (laughs) I remember you You listed them once.
2: I was writing down, like, ideas that I had for, like, cool shit I could do in the dream world. I was like, oh, maybe throw these in if you need something to do. And then was like, I probably should write down the lessons because that feels
1: important. I mean, projection of self was definitely one of them. Making yes. sure you don't show up naked to fight mm-hmm. Snelligaster. <laughs> that would be embarrassing.
2: So embarrassing.
4: Yes. So a firm... Grasp of yourself and your identity, and and really having like the sense of self willpower to push back on anything that could change that, including stray random thoughts about yourself or even about others, uh, your companions. Right? They're like, "Oh, he's so young. <laughs> now he's young. Mm. That kind of thing."
0: Can I throw in an analog? Yeah. Do you remember the final battle in Avatar: The Last Airbender? What the lion turtle thing says? Essentially, to bend the energy of of another, your own must be unbendable.
1: Ooh, ooh. yes, that's very
4: good. Mm-hmm. And that ties right into my second lesson, which I like specifically wrote down, which was resist being affected by another dreamer's perception of you. Yeah, because you guys are gonna be going up against Beelzebub, a demon lord who hates us, <laughs> who hates you specifically, and thinks that humanity are worthless pointless beings that are easily crushed and manipulated don't want that Mm. oh you do not want to be easily crushed and manipulated (laughs) (laughs) so there's that and then i have clear your mind of distracting thoughts if they manifest they can break the illusion so that's that's the clothes thing that's the you know the tattoos shifting on hugo right frantic energy can throw things off create something from nothing and maintain its stability that's dojo that's copies of self that's weapon that's scenery Mm. alter your projected self to impersonate someone or something else
1: Ooh, we didn't do a whole bunch of that
4: you all saw Coraline do this a ton and that's more of a like this is possible to do uh and she would have like had you practice this in your training to be like now be someone else it also ties into her being able to say I am skilled in X, or I am proficient with this tool, or I know this fact, blah, blah, blah. So, like, I
2: imagine when Coraline threw Raven into that last scene, I imagine Coraline didn't know that, but she just chose to put Raven into, like, a stressful, scary situation that she'd experienced of just, like, knowing something about her. Or, like, how would she have put her there?
4: Like how would she have known to put you in Lord of the Rings?
2: No, no, no. The the last scene with the falling through the sky, the like thing she'd experienced.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it's enough to say that like I am going to project stress and your brain fills in the rest. Yeah. Cuz it's a dream, you know, and it's it'll just go to the the first place of stressful places.
2: Oh, maybe she maybe she just had Raven falling through the sky.
1: Yeah.
4: Coraline just said, "Think fast." And you were falling from the sky. Yeah. Now Raven has a memory of falling from the sky. And so she filled it in. And so oh. you were just like, oh God, it's the Van Meter monster. Woof. Yeah. He appears. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Right? That you manifested that part of it. She just put you in a situation.
2: I like to think Coraline was like, whoa.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. I just had you falling through the sky. <laughs> and same with the volcano, right? Yeah. Raven's never been to a volcano. The most, like, volcano context she has is... Oh, yeah, that, that one scene, scene from Lord of, the Lord of the Rings. Rings.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: and filled the rest in, you know? Yeah.
1: Hey, I'm terrified for when Snelligaster starts filling in the blanks on the situations we put him in. I don't want to know where his brain is. Snelligaster
4: mm. is not going to be in the Dream
1: Realm.
2: Oh, that's right. That's what Aiden and Damien are fighting. Oh, that's
1: right. We're doing Beelzebub. Well, I'm terrified of what Beelzebub fills in the blanks. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's why we have to be in control of it.
0: If anything, Beelzebub should be terrified about what we'll fill the blanks in when you really think about it. True. <laughs> so, and then there was Greater Paradox,
4: mm. which was the door, which was the like, now you're outside of everything. Now you're three people. Now you're half a person. Blah, blah, blah. You know. Or the like, the time stretching out into forever and infinity. mm Right. of like, Mm. yeah, no, I've always been this champion boxer fighting a guard of whoever at the deep, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's just infinity for me. Like, that's a paradox of like a never ending loop to be stuck in.
3: So you've got to trick Biels into getting stuck in a paradox.
4: Mm
3: Got
1: to put them on those Penrose steps.
4: Like create something so convincing that it would just loop, 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 loop without them being able to realize right away. But we got to trick them into
2: it. Yeah, mm-hmm. we got to make sure they don't know it's a dream world until they're already
4: stuck in it.
0: Mm-hmm. Like an eternity of war against the Morrigan? Mm. Who knows? Ooh. Options.
4: <laughs> That's clever.
0: <laughs> Write that one down.
3: You put the spark on his back so he keeps chasing himself and the faster he goes, the faster the spark goes away.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Damien, let's give you a little, a little something. Everyone's asleep, lying down in the grass in Coraline's yard. Adrian has like come over with pillows to like prop under people and like you know blankets. And, like, <laughs> so sweet! He's just like standing over on the like outdoor bar, just like making some drink for himself.
2: He's making drinks for all of us for when we wake up.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. Love this guy. Yeah, he knows all your drinks from last night. <laughs> he just is recreating them. <laughs> it's a bit early for wine or spirits, but. I could make you a Bloody Mary.
3: (laughs) He's offering Damien? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. That's a pre-training drink, right? It's like pre-workout.
4: Well, you can load a lot of protein into your bloody, but I think that's a little ostentatious. Sticking a chicken wing or a sausage in your cocktail. I prefer a simple celery stick. But I can see what we have available. Might be able to whip up a hard-boiled egg quickly, if you give me just a moment.
3: Yeah, better put two. It's uh, looking like it's going to be one of
4: those days. Of course. I'll be right back with that. Goes into the house to get some ingredients from the fridge. (laughs) Aiden sighs as she's starting to stretch and warm up. I don't think adding an egg makes a Bloody Mary any more of an acceptable breakfast, but... You do you. She's changed into some of what you assume is probably Coraline's line of designer fitness gear. And once Lucas comes back with your drink, she meets you over at the bar. And she says, when you're done with that, we should get to work. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Uh, And instead of drinking the drink, he sort of like dumps it on his hands like athletics chocks and (laughs) smashes his hands together to absorb it all.
4: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> incredible we see it dissolving and being acidified in your slime more. <laughs> she takes you to a section of the property the woods that have been like perfectly manicured and stuff and just finds a spot that's like has some some yellow caution tape pulled across it and a lot of the trees are like marked with like x's for like they've got a blight we got to get rid of them or whatever so it's like part of the property that's not been upkept as much and she says. Okay, um, it's just gonna be us. So we gotta work on our synergy a bit.
3: Yeah, we should uh we should work on some some combo moves. Here, uh hold hold this sword. Have you are you familiar with an adle? Yes. Excellent.
4: Is this another joke about how long I've been around?
3: And as he hands you the sword, he raises the sword above Aiden's head, so she's holding it up straight in the air. And she looks down at her feet, and one of Damien's feet has slid under her. And an (laughs) atlatl is a wooden device that is used to throw a spear farther than you could normally throw a spear. So he turns himself into an atlatl. So as Aiden sort of falls forward like a plank, he launches forward and launching Aiden as a spear, turning Aiden into a weapon.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah, she flies forward at like one of the trees. And when you first throw her, she's like, oh, wait, this is a bad idea! Gets launched forward, right? But as she's, like, flying in the air, she calmly looks back at you, gives you, like, a, a wry smirk, and her wings shoot out. Her flight corrects itself. And as she gets close to this tree you flung her at, she grips the handle of this thing. Her fist glows gold. And then so does the sword. Mmm. And without even making contact with the tree, she just does like a spinning flight barrel roll, and this wave of golden energy flies out when she actually swings with the sword and then rockets upwards. But the tree, and then the two behind it, and then the three, five, and this arc, of trees just and she lands the sword still glowing with that golden energy. And then it almost de-illuminates like a toy lightsaber. <laughs> the golden energy is sucked back into her hand and she sticks it in the ground and walks over to you and, and puts a finger still glowing on your chest and the spark within it comes and, and like a plasma wall is attracted to her tip of her finger. For this fight we both have to stop holding back or we don't stand a chance this spark this power is yours now so you've got to learn how to properly use it
3: what does it do though so far i can really just make it light up and i don't know how i'm gonna fight him with a you know a night light
4: you've got to make it a part of you and the goal on her fist fills her whole form and her wings glow like a beacon, such that you can't tell where the source of this light is anymore. She is just the light. I am the first light. And you are the newest. You need to get on my level, little brother.
3: (laughs) Damien Wool. So the ratio of spark to green slime is, you know, it starts off, there's only the little bit of spark and most of him is a person or green slime and he focuses and all the green sort of like begins to retract and all the yellow inside starts to expand until it's really just this uh bright orb with just like a green film around the outside
4: yeah like a shell yeah And we will cut there. So unless you have something quick you want to do, but I don't want to like steal and use up ideas we could have in flashbacks.
3: Oh, this has this has barely scratched the surface of things. So this is good. Cool, Felicity.
0: Huh? What? Hello? (laughs) Wait, wait. What do you mean, me? What? What? What What do you want?
4: Green flash. (laughs) You step out into the haven, which has that. Shimmering aurora borealis sort of border around it. Ooh. And, you know, it, it seems like if the location, the like paved cul de sac where you'd stepped out of the barrier at the end of her driveway, had never been developed and it was just forest here, that's where you are now. Okay. You see, maybe one big tree is the same, but everything else is sort of different. Uh, in the way that like untouched nature, it looks different than nature that maybe has grown after humanity ruined it for a while. This is all the natural flora and fauna. So there's no like lawn grass anymore. It's like wild grasses and flowers and clover and whatnot. Uh-huh. You watch as Mira picks up a leaf and holds it in the air, twirls it between your fingertips, and then lets it go. And it, blows on a little breeze and flits and swirls, does a couple more of these like quick little jerky dancing motions, even though there's no wind you can feel. And it, and is pressed against the bark of one of these trees, like fluttering as if something's like pressing it there, blowing. And she says, ah, there's our next stop. Ready? Yeah, I guess so. Um, where are we going? <laughs> she takes her hand, and the two of you dash towards this leaf. And as you approach the tree, the leaf expands into another doorway. And you hop through, and you're in a different haven. Whoa. Mira. It's different here. It's like a savanna. There's trees, but not the same kind of trees. And there's like half of a little creek running through the corner of this space. She says, two more jumps, and she plucks a little bit of prairie grass, lets that fly, and it lands in the creek, but doesn't move, even though the creek is flowing. And it's just Bling, like little ripples. Oh my god. And she takes your hand again, you run over, you both jump in the air towards this thing, and the piece of grass spins and spirals, and the water around those ripples opens up, and you drop down. And you're in like a a cool, green, lush, moss-covered area of rocks. And there's little mushrooms growing on the underside and little fairy lights and like little stone creatures just like (coughs) crawling along like little stone gremlins or whatever. Mira kneels down and just is like whispering to them. She's like grinding her teeth to make the noise of the rocks. Oh my god. (laughs) And it kind of just like... (coughs) like is gesturing but making noise as its body rubs up against oh. the different parts of it.
3: Oh my god, they're so adorable, I love them!
4: And then it points, she says, Oh right, I see it now! And there's just this like huge capped mushroom with sort of like a, a sheen of dewy strands of just ethereal mycelium network coming off of it. And she takes your hand and you walk through, and as she parts the like fluffy sporiness of this mushroom, You walk out into the largest haven you've seen yet. You have to squint to see the aurora edge of it way off in the distance because this is rolling hills with huge rock structures in the way that like fantasy concept art landscapes are drawn. And rising up on one of these hills is a massive palace with terraced gardens and there's lots of satyrs and centaurs and other little gnomish folk and people that look like they might be some sort of seasonal elf walking around. And Mira says, Well, this is where I grew up.
0: This is. What is this place?
4: Welcome to the royal court of Sovenwield, Felicity Stornbrook. I think I'm gonna like it here. And that's where we'll end our session.
1: <laughs> oh my god, Natalie, what the heck? That's so cool. <laughs> I fucking love beer. She's so cool.
4: Welcome to the Fey Realm, Felicity Starnbrook.
1: Natalie, what the heck? <laughs> Natalie, I thought I was safe today. I thought I didn't have to do anything
4: today. And you're just gonna you're just gonna hit me with this.
3: Oh my god.